Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavik. Today, very special show for you guys. Um, I'm doing a short interstitial mastering the basics. Uh, last week, we did a mastering the basics one of goal setting and review meetings. And tonight we are doing short term visioning and planning. So this is one of my favorite things to do. And I know I will go uh, do another show after the start of the year when we do a prolonged mastering the basics series uh, so we can get all of our businesses in order. And uh, but this is like. So when people think about visioning for a company, there's hammock visioning. There's the one where you lay in a hammock uh, and you think about 10 years down the road and you start adding up people and vans and revenue and things like that just to kind of conceptualize things. But the visioning that I like is taking that and actually putting it down into numbers and like how many estimates do you need? How many painters do you need? How many hours do they have to work? How many gallons of paint is it? Things like that. So you can actually get down to the nitty gritty and start doing some of that stuff. So uh, what I'm going to do is just make sure that uh as i do make sure we got some audio and everything else coming through here before i just start blasting this off into the ether we got a little bit of a slow internet connection tonight so thanks for bearing with me here and then we're going to deep dive i'm going to actually show you uh what i do to vision uh with my team and uh, show you actually what a quarterly kickoff looks in my company so all right let's get uh let's see here all right there we go. All right. Internet's all cooperating here. We are good to go. All right, folks. A uh, couple, uh, couple pieces of bookkeeping. First, though, uh, what we have to do is go through my master's class schedule coming up. So November 4th, this is the big one. This is uh, I usually do one big blowout master's class on my home territory. And it is a huge one. Sherwin-Williams is underwriting the entire thing. We're having it at the Graco World Headquarters in Minnesota. We are the Silicon Valley of paint sprayers. We have Titan, we have Wagner, and we have Graco. Graco is hosting me along with Sherwin-Williams, and we are going to get to tour the factory. We're going to see the robots. They went through a major renovation just before COVID, and we're going to go there. Uh, lunch is provided. It's going to be great. Gathering Minnesota painters, lots of familiar faces there. I've already been contacted by some of our favorites, like Phil Klein and others, uh, thinking about coming up here and joining us. So it is going to be an absolute, absolute, absolute good time. So uh, hold tight here, everybody. Uh, Mr. Aaron says we are frozen. So give me just a second here. Uh-oh. Let me make sure we are good on the feed. And uh, if not, uh, what I've experienced in the past is that the uh, the audio will record and catch up later. But either way, um, we will get this going here. So, all right, guys, sorry about some technical difficulties here. We are on farm internet and uh, we will do what we can. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, we're having some audio and video stuff. So I'm just going to pause very briefly here and uh, see if we can't get something going here because I'm checking my feed and I am frozen. So let's see if we can't get this. I don't want to start going uh, going like crazy here and then having this not work out. Peter, how's it going? Uh, my friend from Australia, how's the audio and video halfway across the world? I would like to know. Um, all right, give me just a second here, everybody. Uh, make sure my signal is good. 
Okay, looks like we got a good sell signal. All right, hold tight, everybody. Hold tight. We're going to get to it. I'm going to actually share with you my presentation that I do for visioning uh, with my team. I'm also going to show you my quarterly kickoff. And I see that. Hold tight. We're going to get to it. I'm okay. I see video is frozen. So this is going to be weird. I'm also going to show you my quarterly. All right, folks, hold on. Give me 30 seconds to figure this sucker out. Oh, audio good. No frozen video all the way in Australia. Oh, no. So, okay, perfect. So everybody in the United States, my video is frozen. Halfway across the world, Peter, in Australia, there is uh, no uh, no frozen video. So, all right, I'm tempted to restart my feed, but I will lose you guys. So give me a second here. All right, hold tight, everybody. All right. I gave it a quick reboot. <laughs> Unplug it, plug it back in, as they say. So uh, give me a uh, give me an audio and video check, everybody, and let me know if I'm coming in any better now. Quick reboot. Oh, man. Plug, there, it, plug it back in. I can't says. believe it. I think I might have fixed it. For the first time in the history of technology, I think hitting refresh or unplugging it and plugging it back in or whacking it on the side actually fixed it. I'm just going to give it 30 seconds here just to make sure. So this is hilarious. Technology actually worked for this. So, <laughs> oh my God, that's so amazing. All right, everybody. Holy cow. I'm checking my feed and we're crystal clear. So this is absolutely amazing. You guys are great. Uh, okay, everybody. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get rid of this. This is awesome, everybody. All right. So uh, I'm going to screen share with you guys and I'm going to actually show you um, I do uh, usually in December is a hard visioning month for me where I actually go through and uh, and I actually lay out like the one, three, five and 10 year plan and things like that. Uh, this year, uh, this last quarter was the first time I've ever involved my leadership team with that sort of thing. So I actually got their input on setting uh, revenue numbers, things like that, uh, staffing numbers and things like that, because I these people are insanely smart, insanely competent, insanely quick. And I would be a fool to keep doing this if uh, if I did not ask them for their uh, for their input. So what I'm going to do is just run through my master's classes real quick and then I'm going to stop delaying and we're just going to get to it. So like I said before, November 4th, Phil Klein, looking at you, my friend, we've been talking about this. Graco World Headquarters, Sherwin-Williams, Gathering of Minnesota Painters, master's classes all day, lunch, togetherness. It's going to be absolutely amazing. If you want to go contact me, contact Sherwin-Williams and let's get you in there. Nebraska, Friday, November 18th, we are going to Liberty First Credit Union Arena, their big sports stadium there. It's going to be awesome. So Nebraska Friday, uh, November 18th, Ohio, Milford, Ohio, Friday, December 2nd at Little Miami Brewing Company, master's classes. Uh, Michigan, Friday, December 9th. Uh, we're still figuring out a location for that one, but those are going to be with some of my friends of the Gathering of Michigan Painters, uh, uh, Gompers as well, too. So if you guys want any more information about any of those, you can contact me personally. Uh, these events are being uploaded to um, 
uh, to the uh, uh, PCA's website as we speak. So there's going to be more um, uh, my uh, there's going to be more information following those. Uh, if you cannot find a way to register or registration is not open, definitely contact the PCA, contact me, contact your paint rep. A lot of these are put on by Sherwin Williams. Uh, it's likely that Phil Klein's paint rep in Iowa does not know about the Minnesota event. So don't expect them to uh, have them get a hold of me or my paint rep. I've been giving out his number too, and we can get you guys in here. So uh, just like Phil Klein said, we will even let painters from Iowa in. Uh, we're that open and kind and empathetic around here. So, all right, everybody, uh, here we go. Uh, I think we are finally good to go. I'm just going to pause my feed here. Give me just one second. Make sure we don't have too many things going at once. All right, everybody. So um, short-term visioning. Um, what this is to me is, you know, like I said before, hammock visioning is the tenure. When you actually have to plan out your next year or less, this is where the rubber hits the road. And I love this. This is the chess pieces. This is the little army men on the board. This is why we called it the war room here, because I like that whole sand table of the whole uh, uh, whole valley, the beachhead, and you're moving little army men around and strategizing and things like that. So I'm going to actually show you uh, what I did with my team, and then I'm going to actually show you what I did to the uh, presentation for the entire company, the actual kickoff. So there's a different um, meeting and day and retreat that we go through to plan. And once we have the plan, we actually present it to the company and then have a goal for the quarter. So here we go, everybody. I am going to pop this up here. Make me nice and small. All right, so here we go. This is Ask a Painter Live number 333, the 330th week continuously that I've broadcasted this live show. That is 6.4 years, if you're wondering. We are going to go through short-term visioning and planning. This is another show in the series of Mastering the Basics. So, all right, let's go back to this. All right, so this is kind of our goal. Short-term visioning, we go to yearly, quarterly, weekly, and daily. And even farther beyond that, once we have those ideas down, we want a goal, a strategy, um, Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Boom. Rocks and tasks, things like that. So just making sure you guys can see my uh, my lettering behind there. So that's basically what we're going to be doing here. All right. Let's go presentation. Okay. Uh, for those of you who do practice traction, the document on the right above my head here is going to be very familiar. It's called a VTO, a vision traction organizer, and it helps you lay out uh, things like your core values, uh, your core focus, um, your tenure target, your marketing strategy, your three-year picture, and then your one-year sort of thing. And this is a, a document that I use. It's, it's not unique to me. Uh, if you follow the book Traction, it'll help you fill this out. And it's a very good guiding document. So uh, basically what we're, uh, we're going to go through, uh, this is where the meeting where I gather up my um, um, I gather up my leadership team and we go on a leadership planning retreat for one day, usually offsite to kind of uh, jar us from our normal safe spaces. And this is kind of the agenda that we run through there. So, all right, this is my quarterly planning retreat presentation. This is exactly what I show my team. So this is the header on the screen that'll come into the room. I've, I've prepared, there's lunch, there's food, there's snacks, everything's laid out. We got a whiteboard and we're ready to go. Typically what we'll do, I, st I, I like the strategy of starting every meeting with a warm up. I like to hear a personal and professional win from the entire quarter. Also, one of the things uh, that I've seen very good, effective meeting runners do is give me your expectations for the day. 
And then I go through our history. I give us a brief history. Uh, and sometimes this, this could be the history of the company. Sometimes this can be a brief history. So you can see here, um, five or six years ago, I completely reset my company. Uh, it was just me, uh, after having a whole bunch of employees and this and that, I decided I wanted to try something different. And this is basically my course, uh, from the fall of 2016 to current day, uh, with all of uh, our revenue charted on a, on a plan here. So you can obviously tell, uh, where, <laughs> where I met, I don't know if you guys, yeah, there's my cursor where I, uh, got involved with the PCA, uh, and then things started to go uh, drastically different and started talking with other painters. So also, uh, this is something uh, that kind of crept up on me. It is my 15th anniversary of running this business. So I have to do something to celebrate it. I am not good at celebrating wins, uh, but I will, uh, I will uh, figure out a way to do that somehow. So year in review, uh, I basically go through how much we've sold, how much revenue we've produced, projects, how many projects we've produced, quarter one, two, and three, our labor, our materials, and then uh, a brief um, sort of like introduction for people that we've added to the leadership teams. Our leadership team has basically doubled in the last 12 months. So one thing that I like to do too, that is an interaction, I like to actually go through the calendar and mark off all the dates so we know when federal holidays are, days off are, our planning retreats are, our goal setting and review meetings are, things like that, Christmas party, 15 year anniversary, goal setting and reviews, happy hours, shop barbecues, training new apprentices, leadership team planning retreats, and, and senior leadership team meetings, give or take, and all the holidays, just so all of our calendars, all of our Google calendars are synced. And then I like to go through our org chart too. So again, org chart here, kind of up and down, uh, looking at the personnel. Q4 planning, the revenue goals. So I break my company down by full-time W-2s, part-time W-2s, subcontractors, and then we can estimate capacity in a few different ways. You can estimate it by actual capacity, how much, how many hours a human's gonna work, and then uh, multiply that by uh, you know your, your benchmark of how much you produced before. And then there's almost past performance, which is what did we do last quarter with how many people and how many hours? And you can come up with a couple of different numbers. So we set our sites between 640K and 670K. Uh, of revenue, give or take. 220, uh, 22 projected revenue. Uh, so again, when we add up our revenue like this, we kind of try to set our sights on what are we actually going to do? Like we obviously want to do great things, but a, a, a sophisticated professional company will not say, just go out there and work hard and let it figure out and, and we'll just do it. And so I actually asked input from the team where we want to set our sites for the year. So um, marketing plan. So this is how I break down uh, my marketing plan of saying, hey guys, okay, based on that revenue number, here's historically how we've done estimates. Here's our percentage of jobs uh, that turn into leads uh, or leads that turn into estimates, estimates that turn into jobs and uh, jobs that turn profitable. And then we try to uh, put a number on how many, uh, what a marketing budget it sh uh, should be for that as well. Um, I actually go through all my marketing and track where the leads come from like this. And then we can try to figure out, okay, uh, if a newspaper is 4.3% of all of our leads, what's our budget for that? And should we put more into it? Should we put less into it? Things like that. Uh, the thought experiment too of going through like okay here's some past performance if we want to grow if we want to stay the same something like that uh, we just start messing around with the marketing and the amount of flyers and the amount of uh, uh, social media stuff and kind of take it from there so uh, the actual marketing plan is then what i put out so there's things that we kind of know 
Uh, there's things that we kind of feel, and then there's things that we're going to try out. And I usually do a lot of marketing experiments because it's probably the least developed data set that we have only because it's uh, the last thing that we've been working on. It's, it's something that's worked for a lot of years, so we haven't messed with it, but now we mess with it. So KPIs. So basically, here's how we break it down. This is where I love it, where the actual rubber hits the road here, which is 14 estimates a week times 10 weeks. Uh, times two estimators equal, we'll do 280 estimates in quarter four. If we have a 45% success ratio, which means we'll sell 45% of them, 6,500 average job size, we could have the potential to do $819,000 in sales in quarter four, which will probably exceed that. Our, our, our two sales guys do really well. Um, typically in the past, and I, I start parsing out a whole bunch of interesting numbers like sales versus production. That's a ratio that I never hear anybody talking about. I don't even know if it's that useful. It's useful to me and my company. It's 1.48 or 148%, which means for every one job we produce or for every $1 we produce, we sell 1.48 all the time. So, and that's a number that I just tried to figure out, okay, here's the ratio of that. If we sell 819K, what does that mean for actual produced work? So basically figuring out that we will sell uh, 3.18, give or take, and we'll probably produce, uh, you know, 2.12, give or take uh, at the end of quarter three. Um, rocks and IDS. So here's how we figure out then, okay, great. We have all these numbers. How do we actually get it done? We actually have to figure out IDS is identify, discuss, and solve. What are the issues? Who owns them? What's the number attached to it? And then how are we going to hold people accountable? So we brainstorm the ideas. We keep killer combine them. They have to be specific, measurable, and attainable. You prioritize them and then you give them to a human. And then every Monday morning at our leadership team meetings, somebody has to stand in front of the company and report on track or off track. So here's the 2023 planning. Uh, this is where I, this, this meeting was for quarter four and we got quarter four down. Um, I wanted to look into 2023 and just like throw something across the bow. The next quarterly planning retreat that I'm having with my leadership team in December will actually lay down some numbers for, um, for 2023 and we'll actually chart out of the four quarters of the year what percentage of revenue is in quarter one two three and four because we don't produce revenue at the same rate all year summer gets a little busier winter gets a little slower so we want to have some accurate numbers instead of just ah 10x you know one of those things so uh schedule again i actually go through an entire year on my google calendar and chart out how many working days um all of our shop barbecues, happy hours, boat cruises, Christmas parties, you know, things like that. And we lay it out so we know there's no surprises. And of course, I overlay hunting dates, vacations, uh, things like that over there too, so I can start planning. And then we infill with master's classes and things like that. New variables. Uh, so we have Ian's first year, full year of estimating, Carly's first full year of project management, Lindsay's, Lindsay's first year of coordinating, our coordinator. Uh, Holly has a worthy team. Uh, I'm operations manager right now for the company. Uh, we've never had uh, more full-time W-2s going into quarter four, and we've never produced this much sub work. So I just like to throw in the new variables to the company to show my team and everybody else like, you know, hey, a lot of things have changed in the last year and they have for the last five or six years. We're an aggressively growing company. So let us take a second to pause and realize if something feels stressful, it's probably because it should be. We're doing something pretty outstanding. So um, then we start setting a sales goal uh, for uh, for 2023. Uh, we'll start setting a production plan. So this is just like first just like take a skim across the top, put some numbers to it, and let's start figuring out what you find. What you usually do is um, is you find out, oh my god, like we are not going to have enough project managers for sure. If if that's our goal, uh, you can't eke out more. We're going to actually need somebody else, and then you can start planning for that. 
So, and here's the marketing plan. I actually shared a Google a spreadsheet with everybody about my actual marketing plan uh, for 2023. Give or take, it's it's basically just a longer, uh, more streamlined version of what I did in quarter four there. Um, and here's kind of my goal, give or take for the year. Uh, we have a recruiting plan, which is recruit uh, at least two part-timers, uh, two full-timers per quarter. We want to retain our current four subs and start introducing another. And right now our leadership team is pretty good, but we're always open if we find a rock star. Uh, to bring them on as well too. So same thing with the org chart. We take a kind of stab at the org chart, give or take. And then we go through our uh, goals and KPIs and we go through sales, production, operations, and coordination. Same thing like that. We lay out, um, here's our here's our people on our team. Um, what are we going to assign them for rocks and goals? Things like that. And then we start laying out the 2023 VTO. And uh, together, we actually worked on the mission statement, uh, things like that for our company uh, together, which is really, really cool. So uh, there's always a uh, an exercise uh, we have not done it with my company, but uh, I did. I, I broached the subject uh, with my team, uh, which is something called the one thing, where you basically <laughs> you go around the room and it's a open discussion. You have to have lots of trust, uh, as uh, as understood here. You have to list the single greatest weakness, uh, excuse me, strength or the most admirable quality of each person. And then the biggest weakness or hindrance to the success of the company that that person has. We did not do it this time. I just wanted to broach the subject. This is our first time we did this. So I didn't want to throw this in too, but the entire team thought it'd be fun to do. So this is something we will likely do in quarter four. It's a thing where if you do not have a stable team or a lot of trust, this will end up probably being a problem. Uh, my team seemed very enthusiastic as am I. So I like that. And then this, I always ask for feedback. Uh, did I meet your expectations? And I always like a, a meeting rating at the end of that stuff too. So, so now once you have this and you kind of have some goals, now we have to make a presentation to the company. Pete Westlow, uh, what roles do you use as part-time employees rather than full-time employees? So we have an amazing, amazing farm team or, or shop squad, as we call them. We got six guys who come in after school and uh, we put them to work. Uh, doing a lot of maintenance tasks around the shop. We teach them fine finishing. And eventually we want them to come back in the summer so they're already inculcated into the company. And then we can go out there, stain a bunch of decks, paint a bunch of houses, make them into crew leaders and things like that with the eventual goal of retaining them uh, after they graduate high school. So that's what we do with them, Pete. Uh, but I love the young people in the company. They breathe a big uh, breath of fresh air. They do a lot of the maintenance tasks that our full-timers don't have time to. And they support the entire company. They're fueling up vans, they're detailing vans, they're cleaning the shop, cleaning sprayers, cleaning brushes. Uh, they were sanding down the inside of our spray booth today. We're making tables. I mean, it's just like a whole bunch of fun stuff. And then they also get in the shop and do some fine finishing. So lots of fun. So this is the actual presentation. Now that we have a, a planning retreat done and we're ready to do something, we gather up the entire company. Uh, we usually do a three to five on a Thursday. That's kind of our Friday since we work a four day work week. And then um, after that, we go right to happy hour. We share a huge meal together. We go down to our local brewery. The company opens up a tab. Friends and family are welcome. And it's kind of a big celebration of last quarter. And uh, it's it's something that we really, really, it's new to the company. I'm not good at celebrating wins. Um, wins are the expected outcome of hard work. And I, I just thought you were supposed to be like, good, that was planned. It worked. Now we move on to something else, but um, you need to celebrate them. Uh, that's something I've learned that good leaders do. And I was not good at that. And we do do that now, but we can also be better. So this is the thing I present to my company. Again, warm up. Um, 
We usually like to start off with wins, fun fact about you, something we don't know. We go around the entire room, get people talking, get people moving, things like that. I kind of explain what a quarterly kickoff is. We always have new people. I want people to understand the the perspective, the context uh, globally of what we're doing here. And then I go through our history. And again, this is a lot of the times where for the leadership team, they know our history and they're going to see this. So we go through some uh, very specific financials and things like that. But for the company, I usually go through my history of where I started in my family business when I was 10 years old uh, to now. And we kind of go through, you know, time in the army, time working with my family business, my historic home, my family, the start of my company. Uh, all the national awards we've won for certain things. Uh, I like to explain our culture as well, too. So here are the core values of my company. They're the foundation of everything we do. Uh, on these core values, I determine who to hire, who to fire, who to promote, and how to counsel people eventually as well, too. And so our culture, again, too, this is actually a picture of our shop squad. These are a bunch of awesome young people that come in after high school every day. Not a stage photo. <laughs> So uh, we have high standards. We're leaders. We hold each other accountable. We make no excuses. We're empathetic. We solve problems. We're consistent. We have grit and we win. That is the culture of our company. I like to remind people that this is who we are. Then the fun stuff. I go through all the fun stuff that we do together every year because I like to remind people that we celebrate and then actually celebrate wins. Uh, we do some refresh training. So there's things that we like to kick off, which is like a couple reminder things, uh, something we practice quiet professionalism. Here's our process for calling in sick. Here's our floor protection or non-slip pad policy. Here's some, uh, here's some information about extension ladders, our third coat standard operating procedure, um, project planning, paper versus digital, uh, tucking in our shirts, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine, and then van cleanliness. So we kind of just go through some quick refresher, like, hey, guys, these are important to the company. Let's not forget this. And then I actually go through the roles in the company. There's a lot of people that come on as an apprentice, a craftsperson who don't actually know what the leadership team does and things like that. So I like to go through and actually list out the roles of everybody in the company, including uh, Pete, you were asking, what do our shop people do or what do our uh, uh, part timers do? I actually tell them here so that so people aren't guessing. I go through a 20, uh, uh, a quarter three recap, the quarter we just did. So again, you can see some numbers like that. It was an amazing quarter. 85% of our projects hit their budgets, which were absolutely awesome. Uh, we worked almost 9,000 hours, 2,100 gallons of paint, give or take. It was a big quarter. Uh, accelerated compensation and benefit plans. So I go through uh, uh, about six months ago, we made a change to our compensation plans, and they are ripping. Uh, people have the ability of earning maybe a dollar an hour every quarter here with full benefits and things. So it's a, it's a ripping compensation plan, and I like to tell people about it because it's a, it's, a, it's a thing we're very proud of in the company. We also simplified our goal setting and reviews. If you guys are interested in this goal setting and review meeting process, Go back to last week's Ask a Painter 320, no, 332, and I went through the entire process of how we do goal setting and reviews. Another thing I should mention here is that at the time we're doing this quarterly kickoff meeting, this is the presentation I actually show my company. This is after an entire week of goal setting and review meetings with individual people. So we talked about their performance. They maybe got some counseling if they didn't get a raise or they got a raise or they got benefits or something else. And then at the end of that, we gather as a company and do this kickoff kind of as a big celebration to round it off. And then we start another quarter. And I kind of show people how our compensation plans work um, between estimators, me, the owner, craftspeople, and production, our project managers. And I actually tell them how everybody's incentivized and that we're all incentivized to get the same win. And a win for one person means a win for everybody else. There's not a time when a win is a loss for somebody else in my company. I think we've done a very good job of creating compensation plans based on that. And then I like to go through our processes. What makes us good and special? And this is where I break down our sales process. 
So sometimes our painters think that they're the only ones with standard operating procedures, or they sometimes feel like we come down hard on them for that. Our estimating team has a standard operating procedure. They have a price Bible. They have a uh, estimating quick reference guide, and they got to stand up in front of the company every single Monday and tell us if they hit their goals or they did not. And if they didn't hit their goals, they have to tell us why and what they're going to do to change it. So ultimate, ultimate accountability with that. And then um, this is something that was really cool this time. I actually had my senior leadership, Andy and Holly. Andy is an estimator. Holly is a project manager, um, production manager, and sales manager. Uh, they both manage the, the teams there. And uh, I actually had them get up and present a little bit too. So we're transferring leadership of this company. It shouldn't just be me at the top. We have an amazing leadership team and we hand down leadership. And I wanted the company to know a little bit about Andy's history. So Andy did an amazing presentation up there, gave his history, things like that. We also gave them their schedule. This is what estimator Andy's schedule looks like every week. It was kind of a fun thing to go through. Uh, I went through my marketing SOP. I broke down how we do this on a data-based scientific way to actually find paint jobs and keep everybody busy. Uh, then we go through the project management SOP again, showing people that our project managers, they push, they push, they push on these projects. They want really fine finishes, a good client experience and an under budget project. And uh, they follow an SOP just like our painters do. Uh, we show the queue, uh, how many jobs are in our queue, give or take, uh, and, and how we track those jobs. We also show the project management software, Trello, and how that we track the readiness of jobs and things like that. And uh, a lot of times, most people in our company who aren't project managers are really amazed by this. They just thought a paint job shows up and we paint it and it's whatever, not a big deal. We call the client, get there and paint their house. There is so much effort that goes into these things to give people a concierge level bit of service. And, and this is what we do. Show them a little peek behind the curtain here. And then I go through my weekly goal tracker. So a lot of times uh, we hyper-focus on each job because that's where the wins come at. We want a good client experience, a fine finish, and also to make money for the company so that we can keep paying these people uh, these rip and compensation plans with benefits and things like that. What I do every week is then take all the jobs that were completed in a week or all the jobs in progress, the whip, the work in progress, and put it all together on a week and then give the pulse of the company. And this is where the owner starts stepping up and doing a lot of this stuff, which is each project is a great thing. We can micromanage that sort of thing. Somebody needs to take a step back and start looking at weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. And this is where this jives into the planning, which is I can get a pulse for the company. One or two jobs may be good. One or two jobs may be bad. But what is the effect on the entire company? And this is where I chart out uh, the revenue and the profitability each week. And then production manager Holly as well, too. Uh, you guys will recognize those caricatures. I actually had the company that made mine, my face logo uh, in the uh, in the screen here. Uh, up here. They actually made one for Andy and Holly too. So I, I kind of gifted it to them and surprised them during the presentations, but they had a great, uh, great presentations about telling about their history and how they came to the company and what they value about the company and what their schedule is. And it was really cool to see the leadership being transferred from me to them uh, this last time. And then obviously Holly and Carly's schedule like this. And the coordinator SOP. So we also go through Lindsay, our, our, our amazingly professional coordinator about what she does and how much her fingers kind of get into everybody else's uh, little job description. She is a main supporter. She's the connective tissue between everything we do. And we're very grateful for her, uh, especially when we track things like attendance, like every little colored dot on here is a instance of somebody uh, that did not work uh, a full day. And we track everything because we do not mess with people's pay and benefits. We keep very tight track of everything that we do. I go through my leadership team meeting and, and show people that the leadership team 
you may think we sit up in the office and do some other stuff, but we are out there breaking ourselves to support the entire company. And every Monday morning, everybody in the company, including myself, needs to stand up and tell us, did we hit our numbers or we did not? And if we didn't, we have to say why and what we're going to do to fix it. Ultimate accountability. And then we lay out a quarter four goal. The quarter four goal this time is discipline equals freedom, which is we came off a beautiful, very, very successful quarter. Now, the interesting thing is we had a couple people fault on attendance and not get um, promotions based on attendance. They did the hard things like the project budgets and everything else well, but they missed on attendance, the easiest thing. So now as a company, as pattern detection, I look at it and say, all right, guys, here's what we got to do. Here's the possible days coming up. What do we need to do to support you to get that attendance? And also that initiative we did uh, called Active Leader and Active Planning, Active Leadership, Active Planning. It's an amazing success and uh, it's something I want to be sharing more uh, with you guys. But uh, it really, um, it, it increased the quality, the efficiency of our projects, the client experience and the profitability of the company in an amazing way and uh, more to follow. So the vision, then I lay out a vision. A, uh, a lot of times people like me who are the visionaries, people like most of you watching here, one of the biggest faults that we have is not sharing our vision. Like we got this great vision about uh, how we're going to grow the company and give benefits and, and all these opportunities to people. But if you never tell anybody, most people assume that it's going to be exactly what it is right now. And that usually would not be the case. So we got to share. Stable, consistent crews, van gear and schedule. I want to maximize the crew experience, maximize pay and benefits. I want to increase the quality of our finishes uh, where we can uh, to sometimes an extreme level. Concierge level service to our clients. A one to three year plan, new high tech training, finishing facility would be great. It's kind of on the vision board, if you would. And then we also I kind of tell people about uh, my van plant. Right? We got to start looking for the next generation of caravans, give or take. So more to follow on that as well, too. And then gold team, the secret project I'm working on. Uh, more to follow on that later. Not going to talk about that now. Uh, I also give people a lot of good perspective because I have a lot of life experience. I've had a lot of jobs. Uh, I've done government work. I've done private work. I've started my own company. I've been an employee. I've done everything. I like to outlay to people that if this job seems stressful, it's probably because there is a mild amount of stress with it. But with that stress comes a reward. There are three types of jobs, uh, typically, that I like to talk about. There are more types of jobs, but there are no risk, no reward jobs. So think about I'm in the stock room at Target. Uh, you can probably hide in the back, um, Snapchat on your phone, watch TikToks most of the time, and probably not get fired. There's not a lot of risk in that, but you're also not going to get a lot of reward. It's likely you're not going to get paid time off, health insurance, retirement, and an insanely supportive team to help usher you and train you on everything you know. You are a warm body. They need to do a menial task. And if you don't fit the thing or you don't show up, they're going to backfill with somebody else. It's likely this is not a path to a store manager. There is... There is a company like mine and a lot of other good companies out there that offer a, a big reward for a little bit of risk. Are you willing to be trained in something very technical, very beautiful, very skillful in order to get more pay, more, more benefits, health insurance, retirement, paid time off, all an insanely supportive team to be there for you at any time to constantly look out for you? Are you willing to risk a little for a little reward? There are also companies who ask for a lot of risk, but give you no reward. So think about, you know, uh, I, I hate to pick on my fellow landscapers or roofers, but you guys are kind of uh, uh, known for this sort of thing, even more than painters, which are, hey, I'm going to give you 30 bucks an hour. 
Uh, we're going to do 80 to 100 hours a week of mandatory overtime. And then I'm going to lay you off in winter and I may hire you back next year. We're going to use you up physically and mentally. I'm going to scream at you. We're probably not going to train you much because really our season's short and you kind of need to go. And we're not going to be that supportive. It's go time. We need to make hay while the sun shines. I don't fault them for this. But when people say, hey, I can go get a job at a roofing company for 30 bucks an hour, it's like, good. If you understand what comes with that, take it. If you're an informed, rational consumer, I would urge you to take that if you've weighed all options. If not, you have an option with my company in four years to have no formal education, no formal training, uh, have a resume that might even be a little sketchy. You come here, we'll train you in everything you need to know. In four years, you're going to make about $75,000, more than two weeks of paid vacation, a four-day work week, which basically means you're off half the year, uh, gold standard health insurance, retirement paid time off if you're willing to invest the time or right now you can get a job for less than that <laughs> and get used up and spit out with no future at all so i like to tell people here's the perspective coming from somebody who has a lot of life experience uh, that's what's out there and i always like to tell people uh things that have uh, guided me through the years which is getting good at something and staying with it over a long period of time will always be a winning strategy if you enjoy time and money freedom it's a truth. It's a universal truth. You can think however you want to about employers, the workforce, um, work-life balance. But if you do something, get very good at it and do it for a very long time, you will have a marketable skill that somebody will pay a lot for, and they will give you a lot of freedom in order to do it. That is a universal truth, no matter who you are. And then, of course, I threw a little something fun at the end. We're having a pumpkin carving contest uh, tomorrow. All the pumpkins are due back at our shop, and my kids are going to judge, and we get some pretty nice prizes for our pumpkin carving contest. So, And then I end up with questions. It's always a fun time. Uh, one of the coolest things that I've seen uh, at these functions is I started an anonymous question inbox. Uh, there's a whole bunch of apps you can use to do this where people can submit questions anonymously. It is awesome. I absolutely love it. So what you will not get when you gather up the company is a whole bunch of very deep, passionate questions in a group. A lot of people are just like skittish in front of a group. They don't like public speaking. I completely understand. If you make an anonymous inbox and, and people submit those questions, you get some very thoughtful questions. Like I thought it would more be like, hey, can we get like, you know, a vending machine in there or something? I thought it'd be just like simple kind of like clerical things almost. But honestly, I was like, I was blown away by the thoughtfulness and stuff of a lot of the questions. So, all right, everybody, um, that is it for me. Uh, I showed you uh, what we do uh, with my company, uh, both in retreat planning uh, uh, for quarters and years. And then, uh, and then also, yeah. And then also what I do to kick off for the company. So I want to thank you guys uh, for being here with me on a Wednesday night. Uh, we've had a very variable uh, Ask a Painter live show. I've been uh, taking care of my company, taking care of my family, and then uh, obviously traveling the country, uh, taking care of all of you guys, getting out there doing master's classes. So again, this is the big one, folks. November 4th in Minnesota, my hometown master's class at the Graco World Headquarters, part partnered with Sherwin-Williams. Come see all your friends. Come get master's classes, come get a tour, come get lunch. It is going to be an awesome time. Gathering of Minnesota Painters, looking forward to seeing you guys there. It is, uh, it is the Friday before deer opener. I know we're all getting ready for deer opener and stuff. That's fine. But I will be there. I will be there. And I would love to see you guys there too. Nebraska, Friday, November 18th. 
Milford, Ohio, Friday, December 2nd. Michigan, December 9th. If you want to, uh, there's links to all these master's classes in this show here. Uh, Email me, email the PCA, click on a link on the PCA's website, whatever you can do to be there. I would love to see you guys. We're doing kind of a mini Midwest tour to end out the year. Uh, Thank you guys for watching so much here. Right now, a huge ask, share the show. Just share it. You don't have to follow me. You don't have to like this show. You don't have to do whatever else. If you get any value out of this, just hit share, send it out there. Hopefully somebody liked it like you, progressive, aggressive, entrepreneurial, wants to change the industry. We'll see it too. And uh, we can gather up and do this stuff. Like I may not have all the answers, but you know what? Um, There's people like me who are dog whistling to a bunch of people like you. And eventually we're going to group up in a large enough group and the industry will be changed because of it. So I look forward to doing that with you guys. And uh, youth deer season starts tomorrow here in Minnesota. So I'm taking out my kids and we're going to see if we can get their first legitimate deer out there uh, with firearms tomorrow. So uh, look forward to that. I'll be in the deer blind and we will see you guys later on this week, Friday, for another Ask a Painter. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.